Mindfulness Mode 340. Fear is about the unknown, what's going to happen out there later on. And we all want to know what the unknown is, but you never will. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Well, it's another beautiful day here in London, Ontario, Canada. I can't wait to get out and walk along the riverbank. Hope you've been able to get a chance to get outside and experience some nature too. It's it's the best part of mindfulness. And yeah, thank you for joining us here on Mindfulness Mode. Great to have you with us. I have a question for you. Do you work in corporate Or do you work with a team of people? Maybe you lead a team of people, some employees. I put together some excellent strategies on how you can help your employees reduce stress, be more mindful, be more productive and happier. And in turn, you will have a more profitable workplace. You can download this free resource. It's called 10 Simple and Effective Ways to Increase Mindfulness in the Workplace Now. Over and over, we're seeing that once your employees are happier, productivity increases. So download the free resource at mindfulnessmode.com forward slash workplace P. And the P stands for productivity, workplace productivity. So that's mindfulnessmode.com slash workplace P. Today, I'm with Odette Peak Lori. She's a successful entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She's passionate about not letting your big butt get in your way of success. That's one of the things she talks about. Look up her website at odettepeak.com. That's O D E T T E. And then peak is P E E K. Check out that website. She's offering you something special at the end of our interview today. So stay tuned for the whole time. It will be well worth it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my chat with Odette. Hey, Mindful Tribe. This is going to be a great interview. I've got a friend with me. I knew her from a long time ago, and now we're we're connecting up again. Odette Peak Lori. Odette, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. I had did some grounding mindfulness stuff before I jumped on the call with you. <laughs> Perfect. Odette Peak Lori is a speaker, she's a coach, an author, and she's known as the Queen of Impact. She has a vision of a world where fear is eliminated from one million people across the globe by 2020 so they can live their life with power, purpose, and without apology. She now works with unlikely leaders and game changers with a burning desire to change the world, but lack clarity and a strategy. Using her proprietary seven-step proven process, they will craft a strong, unique message and amplify it to create a successful and impactful business. So Odette, what does mindfulness mean to you anyway? Well, that is a great question. So, you know, when we had our little banter conversation before you you hit play and you asked, you know, this transformation that um, you've noticed in me. And so mindfulness never meant anything to me. I'm like, yeah, that's just a bunch of fooey. It's crazy stuff, you know. And until I guess a couple of years ago, I had what I call a, you know, a personal crisis or a personal, I call it a spiritual crisis. Everyone has had a personal crisis at some point, but this was a spiritual crisis where I went 
hmm, there has to be something more to me and something more to this bigger game that we're playing. And that is when I started this journey of mindfulness of really trying to understand what it meant. And the where I am today is understanding that we can create all this stuff with action because I'm an action doer, you know, um, that kind of person. But it's about who do you want to be while you're doing. So it's about being this while you're doing. And so for me, it, you know, like when I was just saying, I just had um, some time this morning to get grounded. I've had a crazy weekend. It's been busy. Then I have to go into work mode and, and client mode that you need to switch gears. And it's who do I need to be for my clients? Who do I need to be for you and your audience today? So mindfulness is around getting really present with who I want to be. How do I want to show up in the world? And that may be the um, uh, an, un, <laughs> an unsexy definition of that. But to me, it's, it's really about grounding yourself in the, um, in the way that you want to show up in the world and not care what other people think. <laughs> I think that's an important part of it for sure. You yeah. know, in your TED talk that you did a few months ago, I think it's very powerful because you talked a lot about a lot of elements of mindfulness. And when I say that, I mean, you talked about community, you talked about connection. The TED talk was called Why We Should Connect With Our Elders. What happened in your life to make you decide to, to deal with this topic? The... Okay, so the TEDx thing has been a, a bucket list of mine, uh, just something that I wanted to do. It wasn't necessarily for business. And because I like to speak and I wanted to be a speaker, I thought it'd be a really great opportunity to elevate my platform in a message that I wanted to get out in the world, and that was Eliminate Fear. The um, TEDx uh, community tells you what theme it is, and the theme happened to be community. So I created an entire talk taking people through their entire life on the, the elements and meaning of community because they're different when you're uh, eight years old and when you're 18 and when you're 48. And community starts at birth. So the it was kind of an interesting around mindfulness and getting myself to actually go out on stage. Um, but the, the theme of community really resonates with people and business owners, especially now with social media. We have community that's out in, you know, like all over the world yet we're so much more connected now than we ever have been, but yet we are more isolated. And so that's really what the talk is about, is how can we be so connected? I'm connected to 5,000 people at plus, but I don't even know half of them. And there's times where I can feel isolated and alone and lonely. And how does that happen? So our world has expanded, but yet I think that our sense of community uh, has shrunk, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think it, it does make sense. And I think yeah. there are a lot of people out there <clears throat> experiencing loneliness and especially yeah. seniors like you mm -hmm. talked about. And you said we need to get computers into the hands of our seniors and get them communicating with people. And there's There are even programs out there for that. Tell us about the programs you've, you've uh, mentioned in your TED Talk. Well, there's so many of them. And what's interesting, though, the TEDx really wasn't centered around the elderly. The title was not picked by me. It was picked by TEDx, and, and that's fine. Um, the whole essence of that TEDx is around establishing a sense of community for where you're at, no matter what age you are, and how important it is to have a sense of community, like I said, when you're a youngster and when you're older. And the reason why it's much more applicable, I think, to elderly is because you take a look at someone who's 80, 80 years old. 
and or 75 and up. And they didn't grow up in a time of computers and internet and cell phones and all that. I mean, they barely grew up in times of TV. And so now they're they're struggling to build the sense of community as 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 we grow older, our community shrinks because people are passing away, people are moving away, our children are no longer in the home, and our world really does shrink. And so some of the community um, supports that are available out there, I mean, there's so many of them, uh, get get seniors comfortable with establishing community online. And there's one in, um, uh, I forget what country it was, Brazil, I think it was, that has this program where uh, kids or younger people interact with seniors who live in retirement homes in the U.S. They do video chats so the kids can learn English and the seniors can be connected with people. They have a sense of value when they're giving back. They're communicating with people on a regular basis. They're learning the way of the world, which is now online. And another great um, uh, program was, and this is all over the place, but the, I picked the Netherlands because my family's from Holland, okay. where kids or, or uh, university students live in retirement homes and interact with seniors on a regular basis, and they teach them how to use social media and the computer and a whole bunch of stuff. And in return, the seniors, um, or sorry, in return, they get free accommodation while they're in school. So it's a total win-win, and it bridges that gap between you know younger and elder because there's such a division. Um, as soon as someone gets to a certain point where they're less capable of doing things or they're slower, our, our impatient world of youth is just like, okay, hurry up. And I'm starting to feel that with my kids. Like I'm 51 and I'm, you know, I've slowed down, not so much because, you know, I have bad mobility, but just because I'm like, I'm like, you know, I don't need to hurry anymore. (laughs) And they're like, come on, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, no, I just, just chill. So there's already a division that I could start to see happening. So we want to make sure that. We honor our seniors because they have so much experience and so much um, joy and wisdom to share with us. We just need to slow down and actually listen. Yeah, I agree. We definitely need to slow down. Odette, one of your goals is to eliminate fear by 2020. Isn't fear a natural human condition? Um, It is. If, you know, let's break it down. So fear really stems from, and I'm not going to go into the big, you know, discussion around the fact that it served a purpose you know, a thousand years ago, it's either eat or be eaten. And we still have that mentality. And fear is instilled upon us by other people's beliefs, other people's opinions of how we should be and how we should live our life, what is safe, what is not safe. And if you just take, if you actually just take a moment and look at your life, or maybe um, for those of people who have children, um, or if you can remember yourself being a child, how parents keep children safe. That's their, their, one of their main goals is don't run across the street, look both ways, you know, that kind of stuff is children need to be kept safe because they're going to hurt themselves because they don't have the mental capacity to go, okay, that stove is hot. I run across the street, a car could hit me. They don't, they don't get that. But then it, it kind of crosses a line, I think, where parents, and I am so full to blame for this. So I am happy to be a hundred percent transparent. I look back at my child rearing years, my kids are 18 and 20 now. And how I not only was trying to keep them safe, but I was also trying to keep them at a, I'll say at a lower dimmed level so that it would accommodate me. So let's say I was tired and I didn't want them to be too loud or I didn't want them to do things that required me to to pay extra special attention. I didn't give that free flow um, of who do, you, who do you want to be in this world and just be you. A lot of it was around the safety for me. 
and the timing for me, because let's face it, it's tough to parent children. <laughs> it's yeah. exhausting, especially when you're a working mom. I was a single mom or working parents. I was a single parent. And it's really to take a look at what fear did I instill in my children based on my beliefs, based on from my parents' belief and their parents and so on and so on. So fear goes back generations. But if you take a look at what you're actually truly afraid of, half the stuff doesn't even happen. We just Fear is about the unknown, what's going to happen out there later on. And we all want to know what the unknown is, but you never will. So why not just sit back and go, okay, you know what, have a little bit of uh, faith or have a lot of faith and go, I'm exactly where I need to be. If I manifest the things that I really want in this world and have faith that they're going to come to fruition, then there really is no place for fear. Make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And so what are the steps that you are going to take to make this happen? Um, number one is about awareness. You need to know exactly um, where you are right now in your world. If you take a look at your your finances, your relationships, your position in your life, where are you right now? Is it where you want to be? Are you living in the place that you want to live? Are you in the relationship that you want? Um, or do you want one? Um, is your business where it's at? Are you making the money? All of the areas in your life you want, really want to take a look at of where you're at. The second thing is what is your vision? What do you really truly deeply desire for your life and an exercise that I have my clients go through is there's a couple of them but you need to paint an exact picture of that outcome so that exact picture of that vision that you have for yourself not some loosey-goosey I want more money I want more clients and I want more time with my family so then the question is how much more money how much more time and what kind of quality time do you want to spend so go to the end of your life let's say 80 because that's the average life expectancy here in Canada or in North America and paint that picture where are you living where are you like are you in the mountains are you by the ocean um, are you you know exactly where you're living in your home right now nobody really goes I'm gonna be in a retirement home <laughs> right no. so so picture that picture who's with you who's not with you have that conversation with yourself saying when you're 75 80 going as you reflect back on your life, are you satisfied 100% with what you accomplished? Or do you have any element of regret of, I wish I did that? So get crystal clarity on what is it that you'll be saying to yourself when you're 75, 80, and paint that picture and write it down and be really exact. And then go back to where you are now and say, what are the obstacles and challenges that are in the way right now, whether it's mindset, um, well, most of it's mindset anyways, but mindset or um, maybe you're not living in the place that you want like what are you tolerating in your life right now that's stopping you from moving towards that goal and then start today just baby steps but get really crystal clear on what that is that you want because you don't know when your life is going to end and the only way you will ever get what you want is when you are exactly knowing what it is that you want that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that does make sense. So, Odette, you mentioned that doing a TED Talk was on your bucket list. What else is on your list? Good question. Um, so, I already did the skydiving thing when I was 18. So, thank God that is off my bucket list because I will <laughs> never do that again. Um, so, my kids are 18 and 20. They're both in university. And I live, so I live in Oakville in Ontario. And the plan is, okay, so I sold my house last year. Where will I live? So I plan to do a lot more travel this year out in the West Coast. So I have, I think, three speaking gigs out West. So I'm going to spend some time um, in San Diego and drive up to British Columbia where I've got a couple of gigs. 
and I'm going to take that time and really feel what it likes to what it feels like to be away from here on a more of a permanent basis, meaning six weeks, and embody what is it like to live there. Start to feel um, that journey of being separated from my kids for a longer period of time because they're at this point I don't know where they're going to be, um, and then just live it and experience it, come back and reflect on it, and then spend as much time as I can thinking about if I move there, where will I live, what will I do? And for me, the ultimate absolute need and necessity is water. I have to live on water, uh, water that I can go into, not a dirty lake like, like right. Ontario, right? right. Um, so that is a huge um, thing that I'm going to be working on for this year. So what have your kids taught you, which is connected to mindfulness? Have they taught you any levels of mindfulness? Kids are a great reflector of um, who you are being in the moment and who you were as a person. And especially when you have daughters and maybe for men, maybe it's uh, having boys. So I have two daughters who are very honest and very uh, blunt about how I'm being or how they think I should be. Um, but they keep me grounded in the sense that I have a, it's like a mirror. I have that reflection back and I look at them and I hear them say things because girls are very dramatic and I go, wow, am I that dramatic right now? And I look at myself on a regular basis and go, okay, I don't want to be like that. I want to make sure I'm in non-judgment, non-dramatic mode, that I'm just being open and fluid and friendly and, and coming from a place of love, not anger or bitterness. And there was a time when I was younger that I was quite angry and I've worked on a lot of that and they keep me in check with that and vice versa. They see me being a different way and now it keeps them in check as well. Right. Well, you work with a lot of leaders and game changers. How do you get connected to these people? You got to get out there. You have got to ask. You just got to, you got to get out there physically You've got to research who does what you do, who's in your world. You need to reach out to them um, by way of, um, you know, online support and just say, hey, let's, how can I support you? What can I do to help you instead of, hey, I, you know, and I hate this. You get these all the time. Hey, you know what? I, I, we're friends now on Facebook. Um, I'm buying or I'm selling X product. Would you want to buy it? That's not a way to make connections. So how can you serve and support other people? How can you make connections for them so that they grow their business or their life? And just get out there, get out from behind the computer, get out of your house, go to networking events, start speaking, um, start traveling, going to the conferences. And yeah, it's an investment of time and money, but it's going to be the best investment that you make from a growth perspective from both business monetarily, as well as a personal, um, uh, as well as personally. So don't wait for it to come to you. You need to go out and get it. So a lot of uh, people doing what you do have written books. Have you written a book? I've written two books. Two books. One is called Profit Domination, How Successful Women Get on Top and Stay There. And it's what I call my vision board book. So it's like a picture book. Beautiful 201 rules that you can just pop open the book and read two or three of the rules and it sets you back into place. And... Paralyzed, getting past the excuses of why you aren't successful, and that is a book around my story of how I got started in business. The you know the hero's journey, the the here's my deep dark hole and how I climbed out of it. <laughs> and how did you climb out of it? Um, I, I come a whole bunch of uh, you know a whole bunch of different things. Number one, my my deep dark hole was I was got divorced or um, 
left the family home and with my two teenage daughters, I got, uh, my, both my parents died within two months of each other. And I woke up one day, literally unable to move. I woke up paralyzed with an acute paralysis based on, because of the stress. So as you can tell, it's a little, even still today, it's kind of hard to, to share. And all of that happened inside of six months. And so when I was in my new home with my kids, they were, I think, um, grade seven and grade nine. So whatever, 11 and 13. And I literally couldn't move. And for a year and a half. And so I looked to them for support. I looked to my friends and family. I looked to my business community. I hired a coach, hands down, first thing I did, because I just started my business and business coaching. And I thought, well, you know what? Hot damn, no one's going to hire me unless I can sort out my stuff and know exactly what I need to do to build a business. Right. So I, I, was, I was supported all the way around and just did a lot of deep inner work and realized that I'm in a place that doesn't feel good and I am going to have to, I don't want to avoid it. I want to live and breathe through it and get through it so that I come out of it the other side stronger and a better role model for my kids. And I think I've done that. Oh, that's fantastic. It must feel good looking back at what you've been through and how you basically come out the other side. It's almost, it's a relief. It's yeah. one of those, those dark night of the souls, right? Turned into like a, a year night of the souls. So, yeah, but it's all good. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. Odette, have you ever been bullied? Do you have a story about bullying? Maybe you bullied someone else, but do you have a story where mindfulness would have made a difference? I do, actually. Um, that's a great question because I do talk about bullying in my TEDx talk and how um, bullying is so prevalent in our schools today. Um, and it's leading leading cause of anxiety, depression, suicide amongst kids. And so when I wrote the TEDx talk, I looked back on my own life and I remember two very distinct moments. One was in grade, I think I was in grade seven. Mm -hmm. No, no, I, I was in grade seven and I was a small person for grade seven and it was a new school and there was this grade eight girl who was what I would say huge. In fact, that she was, you know, looked like she was half a foot taller than me. She was on the basketball team. She was strong and I was just kind of meek and mild mm -hmm. and she wanted to beat me up. And we used to walk to the, um, what do you call it? The, uh, the smoke shop, whatever the hell you call it. What do you call it? The variety the, store. The convenience, the variety store. They don't call those any, that anymore. And I was scared to death, but I had friends that were literally like, they had like an entourage right. and they supported me and they were like, no way, we're going to make sure that she gets, stays away from you. And they talked, uh, this, she came up to me and she's bullying me and I was literally surrounded by friends and I felt so protected, scared out of my mind but so protected. And I've had a few of those moments in school um, like that. And I look back now um, and I decided, you know, when I was, um, I think 27, I took, took up martial arts and got myself um, black belt in karate. And part of it was because I wanted to know how to defend myself physically in case I ever got into another altercation. But what I actually got more out of it was the sense of determination and mindset around protection of self. And I think if anything, it, um, it taught me a lot about uh, discipline for my own headspace, if that makes any sense. So I don't feel bullied and haven't felt bullied in a long time. <laughs> well, that's good. That's a good yeah. thing. As we move toward the end of the interview, Odette, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And here's the first one. Who is one person who's influenced the mindfulness in your life? Good question. Oh my God, rapid fire. You know what comes to mind is Madonna. But I don't know for mindfulness, um, but a little bit of that. Oh, God, I'll say Gabrielle Bernstein. 
Okay. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Odette? I am way more chill, way more calmer. And whenever I find myself getting all out of sorts, I just ground myself and take 15 minutes of, of just a positive manifestation thought. Cool. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. <laughs> I never used to breathe. And um, my daughter has anxiety and she has tattooed on underneath her, her heart says just breathe. So together, whenever we're freaking out, it's just three deep breaths. Mm. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? The book um, by David Hawkins, it's called, um, it's about the power of letting go. It's a yellow cover, hands down, the best book that I have ever read that has brought me to my knees when it comes to how much control we have over our mind. Letting go. Yes. It's called letting go. Well, you said that, didn't you? I said the power of letting go, but that might have been another one. But it's so the pathway of surrender. Yeah, it's called Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. Oh, it's a beautiful book. Beautiful. Oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Thanks for sharing that with me because I don't think anybody has shared that book on our show before. So No, it's one of those uh, books that just kind of fly under the radar. That's great. Well, yeah, it's it's been really exciting talking with you. I want to ask you about meditation. Do you do you practice meditation yourself in your life? I try. I'm a triple A personality. To get me to sit down is hard enough, let alone breathe and then not think. Um, what I do instead is I, I – here's my little routine. I put on a song that inspires me to dance and get motivated and get really excited about my life. Then when the song is over, I sit down and I'm in a higher vibration. I'm in a happier vibration. And that's when I um, turn off the brain, the brain, do three deep breaths, and then I have powerful manifestation thoughts about really um, creating um, things in my life, you know, financial clients, love, whatever it is. And I, because I'm not that great at quieting the mind because I'll just start thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. So I fill it instead with quiet mind as well as manifesting. What is it that I want to create? And it's all about the now. So what do I want to create now? And then I have that conversation with the universe. And the questions are, um, what do I need to know right now, universe? Um, and then statements like, I'm happy and grateful now that I have, earn, do, be, and fill in the blanks. So that's how I do my quote-unquote meditation. That sounds like there might be some Bob Proctor influence in there. Is that right? Probably. I did this telesummit called the Canadian Domination Telesummit, and he was a guest of mine, and it was he was pretty fabulous. He is fabulous. Yeah, he is. Do you have a morning routine that you do as well that you can share with us? So the plan is that I make sure I have eight hours of sleep at minimum, and the plan is to get up at around 6, 6.30, and I literally just love that time with myself, and I go and, you know, get myself a coffee and that's I the coffee time is my special time where I sit in the winter time in front of the fireplace um, in the summer when outside and I just sit and I ponder and I think about the day and I get into two places one of gratitude and one of faith very grateful and I talk about you know what am I grateful for and then I talk I talk to myself about the faith if I'm having an anxiety around something or like if I, I'm putting on an event and well, people show up, kind of conversation comes in your head. And I make sure that I root myself in gratitude and faith. 
I like that. Well, Odette, it has been a real privilege to have you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. How can we learn more about what you're doing and how can we connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you're interested in having um, a look at what I have to offer and who I am, just hit jump on odettepeak.com and you'll be able to check out my website. If you are interested and really serious about taking your life or your business to the next level, fill out the needs assessment and that what I'll do is I'll get that assessment and we'll be able to determine if, um, if you're ready to have a conversation with me. So I'm offering one-to-one conversations with your listeners for those that fill out the needs assessment and who are serious about wanting to take their life or business to the next level. And you just, you go to odettepeak.com, scroll around, and you're going to find the needs assessment. It's probably under the contact page. Okay. And Odette is O-D-E-T-T-E, and Peak is P-E-E-K. So odettepeak.com. Check it out. Yeah, get in on that free assessment, and I can tell you it'll be a real uh, eye-opener for you to have a chance Mm -hmm. to talk with Odette. So, Odette, thanks for talking with us today. It's been Thank a real, you. it's been a real excellent discussion. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Yeah, take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.